welcome to the Southcrest Live podcast. If this is your first time to listen, please connect with us at www.southcrest.org for more information. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Open your Bible to John chapter 1. I'm also going to read a verse out of Luke chapter 2. We're going to talk about light, the real Christmas light. In, John, in Luke chapter 2, um, eight days after Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph took him to the temple. He was circumcised the eighth day, and then Simeon, was there. And Simeon holds up this child and says, God wouldn't let me die until I saw the, um, the Savior for Israel. But in, in that passage of Scripture in verse 32, speaking of Jesus, he says, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And then John records in his gospel, of course, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But in verse 3, it says, All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, this man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. There were two factory workers that were working and they were tired. And one of them, a woman, said, I can make the boss give me a day off. And the man that was working next to her said, how are you going to do that? And she said, you just watch. And she hung upside down from the ceiling. The boss walked in and said, what in the world are you doing? And she said, I'm a light bulb. Well, the boss said, well, you've definitely been working too hard and gone crazy. I think you need to take the day off. So she got down and starts out. Well, the man who was working next to her started following her out. And the boss said, where are you going? He said, I'm going home. I can't work in the dark. <laughs> what is one thing, I need to clarify that. What is one thing besides Hallmark starting Christmas music in June, um, Christmas shows in June, and then the department stars putting Christmas decorations up in July, what is the one thing that starts showing up in Lubbock letting you know Christmas is coming? They start putting the lights on your house in October. Lights. Lights everywhere. We love Christmas lights. It's, it's the one time that Lubbock is beautiful in the dark. I mean, it's just beautiful everywhere because of all the Christmas lights. Well, why do we put up lights? I think it's a reflection of the light of the world, Jesus Christ, who we celebrate coming at this time. And so I want to talk to you about light today, the real Christmas light, the light that gives life, the light of the world, Jesus Christ. We first see, and I read a moment ago, 
uh, I call it the revelation of the Christmas light, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Now, Matthew records a similar verse in chapter 4 where he interprets Isaiah 9, 6 that says, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. Now, I love Christmas with children. A Sunday school teacher asked her class to read Isaiah chapter 9. And she said, next week we're going to talk about it. They came back the next week. How many of you read Isaiah chapter 9? They all raised their hand. She said, I have a piece of candy for every kid, for every one of you that can finish this verse. And she said, the people who walked in darkness, what? Instantly, the answers. Listen to some of these answers. People who walked in darkness use less electricity. (laughs) People who walk in darkness stub their toes a lot. People who walk in darkness spend most of the time sleeping. This is my favorite. People who walk in darkness are usually burglars. (laughs) People who walk in darkness could really use a flashlight. And obviously, those, those answers aren't correct. We know that. People who walk in darkness have seen a great light, which is reflecting Jesus Christ and talking about him. Can you imagine being in total darkness? Maybe you have. I can remember years ago when you had a guide that took you through Carlsbad Caverns. And I was a kid, and I remember we started down there, and we got to a certain point. He had everybody stand still. He said, we're going to turn out the lights. And they turned off the lights, and you could not see your hand in front of your face. It's that dark. We very seldom are in, we're never in total darkness, believe it or not. We live in the city. You've got enough artificial light from the street lights and the Right now, all the Christmas lights that are up, and, the, and uh, you could go out at midnight and almost read the newspaper right now. Now, if you get out of town, many times you can find a darker sky, and you can see the stars, but, but even then, the moon and all the stars shining, you can still look around and, and see things. There's a lot of light. In our world, people live in darkness, and it's talking about spiritual darkness. I got amused at a a lady who was standing on a street corner. She was hesitant to cross the street because there was traffic was so heavy and there was no traffic signal. And as she waited, a gentleman came up beside her and said, may I cross over with you and relieve? She said, thank you. Yes. And she grabbed his arm and they started across the street, but they went anywhere but a straight line. They zigzagged and traffic almost ran into them. By the time they got the other side, she was angry. She said, mister, you walk like you're blind. He said, I am blind. That's why I asked to cross with you. People are in darkness. A little boy, one morning his mom said, young man, there were two cookies in the pantry this morning. May I ask you how it happens that there's only one now? He said, well, obviously it was so dark I didn't see the other one. 
people living in darkness, technically, uh, now I'm going to get real technical and show you how intelligent I am. Actually, I just copied this down. Let me give you a physics lesson. Did you know that you cannot technically ever get out of light? Because even if you leave our solar system, scientists tell us that outside of our own solar system, there's lights. They tell us that even at the mouth of a black hole in deep space, Gamma radiation is emitted producing waves of light which can be measured by instruments as they reach the earth. And speaking of measurements, it's interesting to note a simple physics definition of light. Light is electromagnetic radiation with a wavelength that is visible to the eye. That's visible light. Or in a technical or scientific setting, electromagnetic radiation of any wavelength, the three basic dimensions of light, that is all electromagnetic radiation, R1, intensity, which is the brightness of the light, two, frequency or wavelength, which gives you the color of the light, or three, and three, polarization or angle of vibration, which is not perceptible by humans under ordinary circumstances. Now, you're going to leave enlightened knowing all of that today. That will change your life. But for our purposes, we're not teaching physics. Light is energy. It's measurable. It's active. It's observable. But you cannot define darkness other than the absence of of light. Because when you, you, there, you can't measure darkness. It has no speed or wavelength. It has no equations to describe it. It is simply the absence of light. It is nothingness. But isn't it interesting that in Jude 1.13, one of the descriptions of hell is the blackness of darkness. And in Revelation, it says, speaks of people being cast into outer darkness. Why? If darkness is the absence of light and you are cast away from God for eternity, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. In John 1, after speaking of Jesus Christ as the living word, he calls him the light of life. And we can go back to Genesis where God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light, and it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Zacharias, who was the father of John the Baptist, and he, after several months, was able to speak again. He said about John that he would be the forerunner, or he would be telling about the one who's coming to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. One little boy heard the Sunday school teacher talking about Jesus being the light of the world, and he took it literally, and he came up to the teacher after class, and he said, if Jesus is the light of the world, I wish that he would come and hang out in my alley because it's awfully dark where I live. Luke 2.32, Simeon calls him a light of revelation, for the Gentiles. Now listen, folks, this is exciting for you and me. Because the first time Gentiles are mentioned about the, with the light. 
When, when the angel Gabriel told Mary that she was going to give birth to Jesus, she, the, she begins to praise the Lord and it's sort of a song. We call it the Magnificat. But, but she, she's Jewish and it's completely Jewish. And, and, and she didn't talk about the Gentiles. But he, but, and Simeon mentions, and now the angels sort of insinuated it when they said, peace, goodwill toward all men. But Simeon, he says, it's for everybody. He came to shine a light of revelation of God into every nation, every tribe, every kindred, every tongue. The Jews couldn't say, well, he just belongs to us. They couldn't say, you've got to become a Jew in order to have Jesus. And they, Simeon saying he's universal. He's for everybody. So what does that mean? It means for rich or, for, or poor. It means for young and old, Jew, Gentile, American, Japanese, all Germans, all healthy, handicapped, all people included in the coming, red and yellow, black and white. They're precious in his sight. It's one of the reasons we support missions and missionaries because the book of Revelation says that every person on earth, every tribe, every nation will be represented there. What's that mean for you? It means if you're lonely this year, you're included in this. It means if your family's rejected you, Simeon meant to include you. It means if you feel forgotten, depressed, discouraged, you're down on your luck, Christmas is for you. Whatever sins you've committed, it means you can be forgiven. You see, Jesus was a Jew, but he spoke to the woman from Samaria at the well. He was a Jew. He met a Roman centurion and said, I've not found such great faith in all of Israel. He met a Syrophoenician woman and healed her daughter. He was crucified in a Roman centurion and said, surely this was the Son of God. In all of this, he's telling us that the light of the world has come for every one of us. He's the true light in John chapter 1, verse 9. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. <laughs> In a play, one little boy's line, all he had to say was, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. But I can relate to him because when it came time and he stepped out and he saw the crowd, folks, you ought to stand where I see it, stand sometime. I don't really believe you're mad. But some of you can act that very well. That little boy stepped out there and he forgot his lines. He just froze. His mom's sitting on the front row and she's whispering to him, I am the light of the world. I am the light. She's mouthing it to him. He still doesn't get it. Finally, she just kind of a little above a whisper says, I am the light of the world. A big smile comes on his face, and he says, My mom is the light of the world. <laughs> well, we know the true light is Jesus. It's, he's not, he's the real deal. He's the real thing. How many of you with hair color the color of mine remember those aluminum Christmas trees? For those of you who are young don't know what I'm talking about, you need to look this up. 
That's unbelievable. Some of them had rotating stand on them. All of them had a color wheel sitting off to the side. I think there were four colors, orange, green, red, and blue, I think. That wheel would turn, so the hue on that aluminum tree would change. I remember we had one. But years ago, in one of those columns in the newspaper with helpful hints to the handyman and homemaker, here was the letter. Dear sir, where can I buy aluminum Christmas tree needles to spread on the carpet under my aluminum Christmas tree? I want it to look natural as if they've fallen off the tree in the old-fashioned way. And of course, it was signed sentimental. Well, the answer's even better. Dear sentimental, they aren't available right now, but, but a satisfactory substitute is to buy a few bows of natural evergreen, allow the needles to dry and fall off, and then spray paint them with aluminum paint. They look like the real thing. <laughs> Most of us have fake Christmas trees. I, I, if I'd had time, I, I would have brought some lights in here. Flashlights. You know, you, you buy flashlights now and they're lumens. You, you want, the more lumens one has, the brighter it is. I don't know what the lumens are on these spotlights, but uh, I'm well done every Sunday by the time I get home. <laughs> but I will tell you this, if we took these spotlights outside today, and I'm assuming the sun is shining today, I haven't been out there since I got here in the dark, that, right, that light right there wouldn't be very bright at all. It's amazing how in the darkness, even a match looks bright. But you go outside in the sunlight, it's not bright at all. You see, mankind manufactures his own light, spiritually speaking. And in a world that's as dark as ours, and when separated from God, any little ray of hope looks like a bright light to them. And that's why so many people fall into cults and fall into false teaching and fall into nonsense, basically, because it looks like light to them in a spiritually dark world. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. You know, religion, all religion does is just make people go through the motions. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about just being a part of a church. I'm talking about knowing Jesus Christ. A circus owner walking down a tourist district of one of the major cities saw a big crowd around a group of people, around a, a, a person. He got up there close. There was a pot upside down with a duck doing tap dance on it. He was impressed. He said, uh, I'd like to buy that duck and that pot. And after all the haggling, the circus owner paid him $10,000 for it. About a week later, the circus owner came back to this man and said, your duck is a ripoff. I put him in on that pot in front of a big audience, and he didn't dance a single step. And the former owner said, did you remember to light the candle that was under the pot? Well, folks, I want to tell you, a lot of people look like the real thing, but they have no power. They don't, they don't have the Holy Spirit in them. 
And that's why today you'll see a lot of people going through motions and liturgies and stuff like that, and they just sort of go, go through it, and we're, we're here to do get it done and get on with life. But Jesus came in a world of darkness to show us how much God loves you and me to show us that we can be forgiven of our sin, to show us that He wants a relationship with you. Did you know God wants you? You say, whoa, 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 you don't know all I've done. Yeah, it doesn't matter. God still wants you because that's why He came. Now, you also see in this passage the rejection of the Christmas light. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The word shines is a present tense verb, which means it's continually shining, keeps on shining. The word comprehend is, as it means to apprehend. In other words, John's using a picture here. Darkness can never overcome light. You can't pump darkness into a room. But even if you could, even if I struck a little match, darkness will never put it out. It can't. Well, the, he's, he's using the picture here of darkness chasing light, but the darkness of evil keeps on chasing the light of life, but not once has it ever overtaken it. It can't be put out, but people can reject it. In the Christmas play, the kids were putting on, instead of having a little baby doll in the manger, they, they put a light under the manger, and there was a point in that play when all the lights were supposed to go off, and just that light bulb in the manger would show illumination as a picture of the light of the world. Well, when they got to that point, somebody put all the switches off, and it was completely dark. And in a moment, one of the little shepherds, the little boys playing a shepherd, said, hey, you switched off Jesus. <laughs> well, that's what the world has done. It switched off Jesus. When Jesus came and talking to Nicodemus, John chapter 3, 316 says, for God shall love the world. You know that verse. 3.17 says, For God did not send His Son to condemn the world. Verse 19 says, And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light. And does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Did you notice that the people in darkness are already condemned? You see, a lot of people say, well, God... God won't send me, you don't have, God won't send me to hell. You don't, God doesn't have to. You're already on the road there. You're already condemned. But the light has come to show us the way. Jesus is the light to show us the way home. You ever walked in the dark much? You know, it's, it's not wise. Do you ever stump your toe? Do you ever walk into things? 
You that are parents that have teenagers, you really want to have fun, and they're late in the curfew, just rearrange the furniture and make sure the lights are off. I got amused <laughs> about a back in the days before electricity. There was an old farmer who was giving his hired hand a hard time. He said, you know, you, you carry a lantern when you go courting your, your girlfriend. But when I, my day, when I went to court, and I never carried one of them things. It was always in the dark. And the hired hand said, yeah, look what you got. <laughs> but when a man or woman or boy or girl is in spiritual darkness, it's because of the absence of the one who is the light of the world, the Lord Jesus. See, the light's come. It's been revealed. But people rejected it. But on the other hand, there are people who receive it. So let's, let's talk about the reception of the Christmas light. John 8, 12, then Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. There's two words for life in the New Testament. Zoe, Z-O-E, meaning the essence of bios. Bios is the physical part. Zoe is the essence of that physical part. Darkness is skotos. She used to describe both the condition or the state of man and also the works of man. And it refers to the natural man without Jesus Christ, darkness. So the light, Jesus, is life. Jesus said, I've come that you might have what? Life and life more abundantly. Zoe typically speaks to a God life, the, the life that is purposeful and destined to be what God wants us to be. The Greek word for light is phos. It speaks of lum luminosity. It speaks of, of of, of showing it. John uses all these words liberally in the gospel of John. He said, you're going to have life, and that life is light, which shows you the way, and that light's going to shine out to everybody else. So we see Jesus Christ at his incarnation was the very word of God and the very light of life, and his life brings light. And the way this, is, this sentence is structured it allows it to be true both ways. In other words, the light is life, and the life is light. We sing songs about, I have seen the light. <laughs> the lights come on. And when the light of God shines forth, it doesn't just expose our sin. It brings with it life. You remember the time when you, you met Jesus? You, you, all of a sudden, you realized you were a sinner separated from God. It was like the light exposed you. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. The Word of God uses that. And Jesus uses one of those I am identities. I am the light of life, the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Why is it that people are so blind? Because 2 Corinthians tells us 
that, well, let me find it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age, Satan, has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who is shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Isaiah prophesied it years, many years before Jesus when he said in Isaiah 60, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Have you ever noticed in the summertime when the bugs are flying, and you turn the porch light on, they're drawn to the light, aren't they? Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. And when you lift up Jesus, people begin to see not only their sin, but they begin to see hope and salvation. And they realize that they can have a relationship with God. God wants you. Now, let me show you one other thing about this passage. And the light was the life of of men, verse 4 of John chapter 1, both of them have the definite article in front of them. Listen what this means. In the Greek New Testament, if a word, a noun such as anthropos, man, doesn't have the definite article, it's assumed that the indefinite article is there. Anthropos, a man. Indefinite, a, could be anybody. But when you have the definite article, ho anthropos, the man. Now we're talking about a particular person. Do you all understand that? Both of those words, light and life, have the definite article in front of them, which means this, that Jesus is the one and only light, and that Jesus is is the one and only life. Don't ever let anybody tell you that Jesus is one of the ways. No, he is the life, the light. In John 12, 46, I have come as a light to the world that whoever believes in me shall not abide in darkness. A lady by the name of Rose Crawford was 50 years old. She had been blind all of her life. But after 50 years, she said, I just can't believe it. And she gasped as the doctor lifted the bandages from her eyes after her recovery from a delicate surgery in an Ontario hospital. She wept for joy when for the first time in her life, a dazzling and beautiful world of form and color greeted eyes that now 
were able to see. But the amazing thing about the story is that 20 years of her blindness had been unnecessary. She didn't know that surgical techniques had been developed and that an operation could have restored her vision at the age of 30. The doctor said she just figured there was nothing that could be done about her condition, and much of her life could have been different had she been able to have that surgery earlier. But folks, what I want you to see is that's the plight of everyone Everyone who has not received Jesus as their Savior, they're in darkness, spiritual darkness. And Satan has counterfeited just enough of the religious activities to make people think they're okay. There was a time in my life I thought going to church was just okay. I mean, when your dad's the preacher... You're not only there every time the doors are open, you can be there when the doors are closed. We had the keys. You know all the choreography. You know all the lingo. You know what you're supposed to do. You know what you're not supposed to do. You know who to make mad and who not to make mad. You know who's seated certain places and where you don't sit. You can know all the right answers. You can answer the questions. You can even give the test. You can be baptized. You can have perfect attendance pen. And still not know Jesus. Because I've been there and done that. And there's all the difference in the world when you realize that God really does want you. You don't have to beg him. He's, you, you don't have to get good enough. You don't. You can't. <laughs> Think of all the sin you've ever committed. Think of all the evil thoughts you've had just in this last 30 minutes. <laughs> you think of all the sin that you didn't do. Well, that didn't come out right. The sins of omission, the things you were supposed to do and you didn't do. You can't think of sin you didn't do, can you? But, but I'm, I'm here to tell you that you can live in the bondage of religion and try to walk a tightrope. You can't do it. And when you realize God knew you before the foundation of the world. He knows everything you've ever thought, everything you're going to do. And he still wants you. The light came into the world to show us. And Jesus died for us. The wages of sin is death. So somebody had to die. The perfect man died. Jesus. The only perfect man ever lived, except for Adam until he sinned and Eve. But the, but the thing is, he rose again, and Jesus said, I'm here not to put you in bondage, but to set you free. 
Now you can be forgiven. And when you pray and receive Christ and give your life to him, God washes you. He immerses you in the righteousness of Jesus. Not your righteousness. So that when he looks at you, he doesn't see a sinner separated from him anymore. He sees you as a son or a daughter. We call him dad, Abba, father. That's the light of the world. And why people reject that, I have no clue why. Why would anybody reject the greatest gift ever given? Especially when God says, I love you, I want you, I'm not going to tolerate your sin. That's got to be dealt with. Jesus dealt with it. And now that Jesus has paid the price, he will receive us through him. And when you pray and give your life to Christ, a commitment of your life, it's not just praying a prayer. It's a commitment of your life. He washes you clean. And now... The Holy Spirit lives in you. The candle's lit inside of you. The, the, light, the light is there. The lights come on. Even Saul, who later was Paul. Remember Saul? He hated Christians. Persecuted the church. On the road to Damascus, the Lord appeared to him. Listen to what the Lord said to him. He will send him to the Gentiles. To open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. That is as plain as the nose on your face. If you don't know Jesus, you can know him now. You don't have to be a member of Southcrest. Not just Southcrest people are going. In fact, I've got a feeling there's going to be some on the roll of Southcrest that aren't going. I don't know. I'm not the judge. Just because you join a church doesn't mean anything about going to heaven. You want to be a part of the church. Let me tell you, when you follow Jesus, you want to be with his people. They're not perfect. But if you, you don't have to be a member here to be, be saved. So we're not pressuring you to join our church. It's not our church. It's the Lord's church. All it is is a group of, of born-again, baptized believers. <laughs> and, and trust me, all of us in here have some kind of wart on us. Wouldn't you like to receive Christ? Would you bow your heads with me? Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message.